Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. I said before, if that doesn't fire you up, your wood's wet. Amen. Just saying to you, our wood's about to get wet. That's good. And then it's going to get white. So, uh... Bless the Lord. Well, I want to welcome you. Good crowd. Boy, what a, what a great way to end spring break. Uh, we had great crowds last week, too. I want to welcome our online audience. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thanks for being here with us. We have a lot of folks that watch, and so we appreciate you doing that. So I jumped into a series several weeks ago, and we basically just kind of titled the series uh, Discover TCAP. And you say, well, I've been here a long time, Pastor. I already know about the church. Well, Yes, but you can learn some new things, okay? And for a lot of us, over the last two years, we've had a lot of new families. We're probably 25 plus families that have joined the church already this year. But we have a lot of new people to TCAP. And I, and I felt like that it would be really good and a good time to kind of help us understand who we are and why we do what we do. Because if you're like me, you ever been in church, and I've, I've sat in churches and done weddings and funerals and different things like that, and I always sit around, I look around, I'm like, what's this church for? What's it doing? What's it here for? What's its purpose? What's it accomplishing? Is it accomplishing anything? How do they know? I mean, those are good questions to ask about a church. And why do we do what we do? And I want our church, I want this church, I want us to know who we are and why we do what we do. If someone bumps into you and they say, hey, tell me about your church. I know you go out to Bushland. Tell me about your church. They're not asking you to tell them who their pastor is. Our pastor is Jeff. That ain't no big deal. I mean, I'm nothing. That's not gonna move their needle like Jeff who. That's what I say, Jeff who. They wanna know about the church. And I want you to know about the church. I want you to be able to say, our church is this, and this is what we meet for, and this is what we accomplish, and this is what we're trying to do, and this is what we wanna see happen in people's lives. And that's how you, you are the greatest commercial, the greatest advertisement for the church. And if you don't know the church, how are they gonna know the church? And so I want the church to know the church. And so we looked at purpose statements, or what we call core values. And so several weeks ago, we looked at number one, and number one, uh, purpose statement for us. And this is for anybody. This is where it starts for anybody. Anybody that walks into the doors of the church. I don't care if it's on Sunday or Wednesday. It doesn't matter to me if it's Mike, the bug guy, if he comes in to spray the bugs. I want everyone that walks into the church to encounter a living God, the living God, the one that can change their life. I want the atmosphere and the aroma in this house to always speak presence of the Lord. I've told you before, we had an insurance guy walking here one time, and I'm walking him around. He just stopped, and I thought he was still with me, so I kept talking, and I realized I'm talking to myself, and I turn around, the insurance guy's behind me, and he's doing this. And I'm like, sweet. And I walked up to him. I said, hey, man, you good? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm good. There's a presence in here, Pastor. And I'm like, well, just enjoy I mean, just enjoy, and that's what we want. So we, the purpose statement number one for us as a church and the core value for us 
Number one is to know God. The K-N-O-W God. We want people, when they walk into the doors of this house, we want them to know God. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Can we, as the creation, know the creator? So we know that God's the creator. Can we, as the creation, know him? Yes. Our God wants a relationship with us. He created us for that. That's what he wants. No other religions in the country, no other religions in the nation, all the gods they prop up and call a God, none of those gods care about those individuals. None of them do. Because they had to be created too. Our God is the creator. He's the one true God, the sovereign God, the God of all creation. He made us for relationship with him. It was his ideal. He made the way. He wants to hang with you and me. That's thinking cool. If that doesn't fire you up, your wood's wet again, all right? But God wants to know me. God wants to know me. Not just, just know about me. He wants to know me. Well, that's pretty cool because you know what? I want to know him. I want to know him. And he made a way for that to happen. That's the number one thing we want, the core value that everyone that walks into this house, that they come in contact, they have an experience with a living God, the living God, the God of all creation. That's what we want. Because if that happens, that will change their life. And what it also does, it impacts and changes the kingdom and we're a kingdom church, and we're about the kingdom. So if you come in here one time and never come again, my prayer is that when you walk in this house, you understand and come in contact with the one true God, the creator God, and you understand his presence is powerful, and you meet him, and you're like, man, my body's just thumping, okay? That's not just the base, that's Jesus, okay? We want you to know him. Number two, core statement, I mean, a purpose statement or core value. After a person knows God, K-N-O-W, that's what we want them to do. We want them to know God. After that happens, we want them to find freedom. Listen to me. Find freedom is a big, big deal. To know God, to know God, to, ha to have a relationship with God, that happens through salvation. When you're born again, you know God. You have a relationship with the Lord because now you're in a relationship with the Lord. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. It's a deposit guarantee in your inheritance one day in heaven. So you know God, you, you have a relationship with God and you, you follow the Lord in baptism. The old is gone, the new is come and you set out to go see what it's all about and you're, you're, you're excited, you're pumped, you're ready, you're, you know you're born again, and you're ready to go. But, but there's something going on in your life because as you keep going, trying to follow the Lord, you feel like there's this thing, because I mean, there's this weight behind you. You can't get free of it. And it is called your past. It is called junk. It's called unforgiveness. It's called a bunch of stuff. I mean, it can drag you down. And a lot of people who have been born again can't really get going on the road to discovering their purpose. Why? Because it's not because they're not saved. It's they haven't found freedom from the past. They haven't found freedom from all that junk in their life. And so as much as they want to, and they're so eager to go after God, they can't do it because they keep getting dragged back by all the junk in their life. 
all that stuff in the past that won't go away because the enemy, what he wants to do is, he, he, he says, man, what he's trying to do is not get you saved. He's trying to keep you from giving your life and the heart to Christ. If he can keep you from not being born again, he wins because you'll spend eternity where he's spending in hell. But if, if, you, if you break through and give your life to Christ and you're born again, he's like, yeah, gum it. They got, ooh, they got saved. All right, I ain't done yet. I got, I'm about, mm, I got their past. I'm about to wear them out, all right? So what he's trying to do is he's trying to keep you hell bondage. He's trying to help you be a prisoner to yourself. He's trying to hold you back because you can't find freedom. The Bible says that when Jesus sets you free, you're free indeed, Amen. When you're free indeed, you can fly, baby. When you wanna know God and you don't know the purpose for God, God, the devil doesn't want you to do that. But Jesus does. Jesus says, listen to me. I want you to give up that junk. I wanna set you free from all that stuff. I mean, it can be unforgiveness. Sometimes it can be debt. It can be bad choices. It can be people in the past. It can be a whole bunch of junk that you won't let go and you keep walking in it. And it keeps holding you back. And we want people to understand you can find freedom in Christ. And man, when God sets you free and all that junk flies off, I'm telling you, boy, you are free indeed. You like Southwest Airlines, give me some peanuts. You're gone. You know what I mean? You're flying. You're flying. Here's the deal. A lot of people get stuck right there. They get stuck. I mean, I talked to him and I said, are you born again? Do you know when you got saved? Yes. Are you scripturally baptized? Yes, I know I've been. I, this is when I got baptized. I got water baptized, just like Jesus did in Matthew chapter three. I said, what, what's holding you back? What do you feel like, what's, what's going on? They said, man, I just can't find freedom, man. I, I keep taking steps for God, but then I take steps back. I said, why? I said, man, the enemy just wearing me out with my past, who I am, all this other junk, he's lying to me. And I know it's a lie, but I live out of it and, and I can't get freedom. I can't get freedom. And you can't discover, you can't go forward uh, with what God wants for you because you keep getting held back and the enemy's doing it to you. Listen to me. That, what we want people to do is come in contact with a, with a risen Lord, with the, with the presence of God. We want the Holy Spirit to fall so fresh on them. We want the Holy Spirit to disrupt all that junk in their life and set them free. I hope they just shout from the top of the lungs because they're free in Christ. Sometimes, man, when he sets you free, whoo, you just gotta sing, amen? I mean, you just gotta erupt. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Many of us can't say so, you know why? Because the enemy squashed us because we can't find freedom, right? Because of our past. So the, God, God just sit, so the enemy just sits on us and we don't sing our song. Or basically, the enemy takes duct tape and duct tapes our mouth. Why? Because if we sing our song and let the redeemed of the Lord say so, if we sing our song, somebody's gonna hear our song. And if someone hears our song, Psalm 40 says, they may see what God's done. They may put their faith and trust in God as well. And they may have a song and they may sing it. But if the enemy can duct tape your mouth from your past and, and not let you find freedom, guess what? When you're held bondage, you don't sing. But when you're seeing, when you're free, you sing. Amen. And some of us just need to sing. You need to let the enemy set you free. You need to let God set you free from all the enemy junk when he's trying to hold you back on. Because when he does that, he'll set you free and you'll sing a song, and many will hear, and many will see, and many will put their faith in you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. And the many times the church, people in the church are born again, they're saved, they've been baptized, but their past won't let them sing because the enemy's got them locked down. They can't find freedom. So today we're gonna look at purpose number three. 
or core value number three. That is discover purpose. Once you know God, K-N-O-W, know God, have a relationship with the Lord, and you find freedom in the Lord, and you begin to grow, God sets you free. Now, there may be other stuff you gotta get set free down the road as well. It doesn't all happen one time. But, But as you find God and as God does a work in your life and as you're discovering God's purpose for your life, you, you, that may be a process of setting you free from some other stuff you don't even know about. But we want people to discover their purpose, all right? I meet a lot of people in this area right here and they say, Jeff, I, I'm born again, I've been baptized, I, I really feel like God set me free from a bunch of stuff. I just wanna know what God wants for my life. I just wanna know. So here's some questions you may ask. What is God's purpose for my life? What is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? How has God shaped me? What did God shape me for? These are all questions that all of us have at some time or another. Can I tell you something? The God that made you has a purpose for you. He has a a divine purpose for your life. He has something he's crafted you and shaped you to do. Jeremiah 29, 13, a verse we love uh, probably have it underlined in the Bible, have it on our house. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's a great verse. You read that verse, you're like, yeah, bring it. We wanna know that. That's good stuff. But the problem is we don't, we, we gotta get stuck right there. We know he has a plan. We know he has a future. We know he has a destiny. We know he has something divinely set for us, but we don't know what it is. We just get hung right there. Look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, one of the verses that really kind of been an anchor verse for my life. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. God is the God of all creation. He made you, he he put you together. He has a path for you. He knows the path. When you get to know him through salvation and, and, and give your life to Christ, then he begins to map out his path for you, all right? He begins to map it out. Look at Ephesians 2.13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It is, it is God who works in both you to will and to do his good pleasure. That's what, he, it's his, he, that's what he's working in you to do. It's God doing all the work in you to map out his beautiful plan for you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life, and it's divine, and it's, not, it's got your name on it and nobody else's. Look at Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here's the deal. The God of all creation before you were ever hatched already had a plan for your life. Already had a plan for your life. Nine months in the mother's womb, as you grew, he already had a plan for your life. And you're sitting there like now going, well, I wish you'd tell me, because I don't know. Well, we're gonna talk about how he's gonna do that in just a little bit, okay? God already had a plan, all right? He's got a plan for you. 
Now, here's a confusing thing for some people. Some people believe or feel like in their life, or they've been raised this way, that we're supposed to go do a bunch of good works for God, and, and that's gonna make God happy. And we have this stack over here with a bunch of good works. Oh, we did good works, man. And then we have this other stack over here, and, and they're not so good. They're not so good. And, but it's smaller than that stack. And so if I die, and this stack over here good is taller than this stack over here bad, woo, I get to go to heaven. Now, I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. He says you are saved to good works, not by good works. Don't let that pass you by. Please don't. Because I hear people, I say, man, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? Well, pastor, I hope so. I've I done some good, I've done a lot of good, man. I, I try to help as many people as I can. I mean, God loves a Boy Scout, but that ain't gonna get it done, all right? You wanna hug them, because they say it's so sweet. And I says, it's not about your works, all right? It's about his grace. It, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, it, we are saved by grace and faith, not by works, so that no man may boast, amen? Nobody can boast. Listen, I said in the first service, I know some of you say, well, I like Jeff. Some of you don't like me, but that's okay. But some of you say, I like Jeff, all right? But really what you're saying is, I like the Jesus in Jeff. You don't really like me. You like the Jesus in me, all right? And, and so what I want you to understand is, many people feel like that, that they just gotta get a stack of good work. They're just doing a bunch of good stuff for Jesus and they're gonna make Jesus happy and we're gonna kind of pay Jesus off and someday when we die, Jesus is gonna go, well, they did a lot of good stuff, so I let them in heaven. No, if that is the way it could happen, we need to owe Jesus an apology because Jesus never had to go to the cross and die for us if all this stuff could be gained by us. If we could do all of this by our good works, he didn't have to go to the cross and die. Listen, that's not how you do it. He did it all for us. He made a way for us. The relationship that Jesus wants with us is paid by Jesus on the cross. God wants to know us, but he wants to know us, K-N-O-W, through a relationship. And he's not gonna get there by a stack of good works bigger than a stack of bad works. Save two good works, not by good works. It's not by our effort, it's by Calvary. Effort never gonna get you to heaven, okay? It just makes you tired. It just makes you tired, man. And then you get mad and cynical because no one notices that you're tired from working so hard for God. And then you start getting mad at people. And now you're just mad at everybody. And you know what happens after that? <laughs> well, if you get mad at everybody and there's no one left, you have to get mad at God. And that ain't gonna work either. Ephesians 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, boy, I love that, that he that began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He that began a good work in you, he has already begun a good work in you. He is faithful all right, to do that. He will continue to do that good work in you. All right? He has got a shape 
He has got a purpose, a divine purpose, a will for you, and he is working it out day by day. He will never waste a pain. He will never waste a hurt. He will never waste a situation, a circumstance. He will never waste anything your life comes in contact with. He'll use every bit of it for the glory of God, every bit of it. And I don't even care if it's ashes because he'll raise up beauty from it, absolutely from it. Matthew 6, says this, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom. So you might say, Jeff, or how do I get started in knowing God's purpose for my life? Where do I begin? I mean, there's so many different options. I know all the scriptures. I have a ton of those outlined in my Bible. I just wanna know what God's will and God's purpose for my life is. Well, number one, I'm gonna cover three things. Number one is simply this. Number one, if you wanna know God's purpose for your life, number one is simply this. God created you. You say, well, that's real revolutionary. Boy, that's, that's incredible. I'm glad you went to seminary. Woo, my pastor's so deep. Now, listen to me. I'm telling you right now, people make this too hard. They, they say, well, man, I wanna know God's purpose for my life. Well, you better know that God made you. And you say, well, that, you really have to cover that? Yes, because there's a ton of people today trying to talk you out of it. They're trying to tell you that you came from evolution. No, I didn't come from evolution. I came from, I didn't come from creation. I came from the creator, and the creator trumps the creation. I didn't come from creation. I was made by the creator. Well, you came from a monkey. I didn't come from a monkey. I can act like a monkey, but I didn't come from a monkey, and I don't swing from a tree with my tail. I don't have a tail, all right? I, I didn't come from a monkey. I didn't come from evolution. I didn't come from creation. I came from God. God made me. Psalm 139, 13 through 16 says that God knit me together. God knit me together. The creator knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, he says, and all the days of my life have been ordained before one of them came to be. God made me. You say, why is that so important? If you don't know that for sure, and God didn't back up a concrete truck and pour concrete on that around your feet, then you're, you, don't, you do not have a rock to stand on. You don't have a foundation. Your foundation is Jesus, all right? But the fact that, G, that God made you cannot be a negotiating fact because if man talks you into the fact that God made you, another man can talk you out of it. And we got professors and universities and people all over this country right now trying to talk a whole bunch of people out of the fact that you are not a purpose made by God. Oh, I'm a purpose, man. I'm made by purpose, God, for a purpose. I'm not an accident. I'm not a bad night. I'm not an oops. I didn't, some bomb didn't go off and I just come flying out of the sky and land here on the dirt ball and start speaking in my earth suit. That's weird. I mean, it takes more faith to believe that than it does the cross. Lord, I trust that my God made me because this Bible, the anchor of life, the word of God, the inerrant word of God that doesn't change like shifty sin says that my God made me. The God of all creation that hung the stars in place and gave them a name, gave me a name also. And he made me. And he says to me, you're more important than that star. 
you more. I love you more than that star. I didn't give my son to die for that star, but I did give my son to die for you. God made you. It's a non-negotiating fact in your life. It has to be solid. You say, well, Jeff, why does it have to be that solid? Because everything else hinges on it. Everything does. Number two, because God created you, the creator created you, the creator wants a what? Relationship with you. He wants a personal relationship with you. Listen to me. It's as easy, discovering God's purpose for your life is as easy as ABC. ABC. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus died on a cross for your sins. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you shall be saved. That's what scripture says. And once you confess that you're a sinner and you believe that Jesus died on the cross and then you confess Jesus as Lord, you are born again. You're no longer a sinner. You are now a saint. So now the saints act like saints and the sinners can act like sinners. And you can no longer sing an old song that you're a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner saved by grace. I need to reword it. Now I am a winner, a champion, a, a, a saint, all right? And I go live like a saint. Once you're born again, now you have a relationship with the Lord. The first thing you want to do after you have a relationship with the Lord, once you pray and receive Christ and you're born again, you wanna follow the Lord in believer's baptism, all right? The old self, you're dead in Christ, you're buried in Christ, you're raised to walk what? A new life, all right? A new life. That's what you do. Why? Because baptism is the first step of obedience. You ever play baseball? You hit a baseball and you run the third base? Mm. They're gonna put their arm around you and say, son, thanks for trying. Bands that way. That, you can't run third base. That's weird. Third base isn't first base. First base is first base. They call it that for a reason. Jesus said the first step of obedience after salvation is baptism. Why? Because if you can't be obedient in the first thing, how are you gonna be in obedience 6, 7, 27, 96, 106? If you start off tripping and stumbling and falling, guess what? You're gonna lay there like a slug because you ain't gonna get up because you got stuff out of balance. So if you were baptized, then you met the Lord and got saved, you say, well, I need to get rebaptized. Well, there's no such thing as rebaptized. It's not even in the Bible. You know, you don't use words that are not in the Bible. You're not gonna get rebaptized because you never got baptized. Baptism follows salvation. Well, you never got saved. You got baptized. Well, that wasn't baptism. That's getting wet. You just got wet like a puppy. That didn't do anything. Salvation, baptism. When that happens, now you've taken the first step of obedience and following the Lord. Now you've realized you have a relationship with God, you were made by God, now you have an anchor and storms may come and life may be rough, but your anchor is grounded and solid on Jesus, all right? You don't doubt that. Now you can know God's purpose for your life, why? Because when you get saved and you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. It's a deposit guaranteed your inheritance one day in Scripture, in, in heaven. So once you're saved, you get the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God speaks to the Spirit. And you cannot get what God wants for you without the Spirit, because that's how he communicates. And the Spirit can talk to the Spirit. But Spirit can't. Fear the Spirit's not in you. Number three, you gotta be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
He said, well, Jeff, I got filled with the Holy Spirit when I got saved. Yes, you did. The Holy Spirit came inside of you when you got saved, and you, it is the deposit guarantee in your inheritance, okay? All right, so here's the deal. When you give your life to Christ and the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, all right, you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, but you have got to continue to grow and walk in the Holy Spirit of God, all right? One and done doesn't work. That's March Madness, okay? But you can't just do one and done. You gotta walk in the Spirit. You gotta walk it out. Let me show you in Scripture. John 16, 7 says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage, that's a good thing, that I go away, Jesus said. If I do not go away, the helper, all right, some Bible says the counselor, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. So when Jesus went away to sit at the right hand of the Father, he left the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to the Spirit, which is inside of me. If I'm ever gonna know God's will and God's purpose and discover God's plan for my life, the, the, I gotta know God made me. I gotta have a relationship with the Lord because once I have that, the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. His Spirit speaks to my Spirit, and then I can go. But what in the world are you gonna do if he's speaking to you and, and, and you don't have the Spirit in you? You ever call somebody that didn't have a phone? phone just ring, 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 ring. You can't, there ain't nobody on the other end. You can't tell them anything. You gotta have, somebody's gotta answer the call. Your spirit, when Jesus speaks to you, the spirit inside of you goes, hello. Yeah, this is God. Tell him to turn left right there. I'm turning. I'm gonna turn left, mom. Son, yesterday you were gonna turn right. Well, I'm sorry, but God just spoke to me and I have a peace about it. And I heard it in my spirit. My spirit agrees with his spirit. I'm taking a left. That's how you do it. You see, one thing that will follow God's voice in your life every time is peace. When God speaks to you through his spirit and he talks to your spirit, a peace that passes all understanding that the world can't give you will follow on you. It might not match mom and dad's. It might not match anybody's. But you know you heard God and you got to go with that. You have to go with it every time. John 16, 13 says this, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Boy, that's a good thing. He will what? Guide you into all truth, all right? For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So God speaks through the spirit of God, all right? He, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, three in one, they all communicate. They're all talking, all right? When God speaks through the Spirit, the Spirit inside of you that he put in you at salvation goes, oh, that's God, and you can communicate. He communicates through you. That's why he says in John 10, my sheep know me, my, and I know my sheep. They hear my voice, and they follow me. That's why, because the Spirit inside knows that voice, if you're going to know, the Holy Spirit says that it will tell you of things to come. Things to come is what? God's will and God's purpose for your life. If you're going to know things in the future, you gotta know a God that's already there. Amen? If God is already knowing because he says, I've already ordained your steps, the Holy Spirit will speak to you from God and you will know it's God because a peace will come over you. God says, I want you to know the purpose I have for your life. Well, you're gonna know that when he speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 5 17 and 18. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. 
What? Understand what God's will is or God's purpose is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Every day you get up, you say, God, fill me fresh with the Holy Spirit of God so I can see what you want me to see, hear what you want me to see. I can do what you want me to do. Holy Spirit, fill me fresh every day because he speaks every single day, every single day. Galatians 5, 25, let us walk in the Spirit. That's New King James. NIV says this, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So God made you, God saved you, put his Holy Spirit in you. You wanna know God's will for your life. Discover your purpose, all right? So if your purpose is moving and God is on the move, guess what you need to do? Move. How are you gonna move? By keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, walking daily with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense to you? So every day you get up, you say, God, I, wanna, I want you to fill me fresh. I wanna walk in your spirit. I want you to fill me. I wanna I want walk out my salvation. I wanna keep in step with you. If you do that, then you're gonna be so close to God. When he speaks to you, immediately you're gonna know it's God and you're gonna go do it every time. Many of you work in professions uh, that, I mean, divinely God called you to. I mean, I, I met nurses. Woo, I met nurses that are called by God to be nurses. I mean, they were shaped for that. God put it in them. I, I know doctors the same way. I know bankers the same way. I know electricians the same way and plumbers the same way. I know, I know people that work for highway departments. They, they know that's what God wanted for them. They know that's God's purpose for them. Listen to me. Your purpose in all of that is to, is to, is to expand the kingdom, to magnify the kingdom, to share uh, the, the Lord with people. When God gives you a position, when God sets you in a position, when God gives you a salary, when God gives you all that he gives you, he blesses your life. He doesn't do that so you can buy bigger houses and more toys and all that stuff. That stuff will naturally happen, okay? But what he really gave it to you was because he trusts you, because he's brought a mission field and he set you right in the middle of a mission field. And he wants you to magnify him and exalt him in everything that you do. Man, I know people that are working, and that, I'm telling you, they're not called to do what I do, bless the Lord, all right? They're called to do what they do, but they treat it just like a church, man. They treat it like a mission field. Daryl DeLoach, a good idea, good example of that. Nobody walks in his office that he doesn't speak a word to or encourage or pray over or something like that, all right? That's what God wants each of us to do. Every one of us have a position, our position, our, our place of work, or something God's called us to. We know it, all right? What God wants you to do in that situation is he wants you to exalt the kingdom. He wants you to grow the kingdom. He wants you to become a mission field. He wants you to share the Lord. He wants you to give him a word. He wants you to speak into him, encourage him. Hey, listen to me. They, some of you have shops and own your own business. When someone walks in to your business, they didn't walk in because of your advertisement. <laughs> Sorry, that's a lot of money every year. But they didn't walk in because of your advertisement. God says that I will direct your steps in your life. They walk into your business, they walked in because God brought them in. If God brought them in, God trusts you with them. If God trusts you with them, then exalt Jesus in front of them. It may be for a word, it may be for prayer, it may be for encouragement, it may be just for a hug or a handshake, but you're divinely put there. Listen to me, you don't have to stand where I stand to be called to do something for the kingdom. There's many of you that are doing something for the kingdom and never stand where I'm gonna stand. 
I mean, I didn't want to stand where I stand. I tried hard not to stand where, I, where, where I'm standing. Many of you understand my story. If, if you don't know, real quick, I mean, I, I, I struggled in school greatly, and I struggled uh, mainly because I stuttered so much. Uh, you still do, preacher. But I stuttered so much, and, 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 and I couldn't read. I couldn't spell. I had a very tough time in school. So the second grade, I got to do twice. And that's a very scary thing for a second grader because you, you start thinking your second year of second grade, if I have to do the third grade three times and I have to do the fourth grade fourth time, and the, I'll never get out of this place, all right? It'll mess with your head. And so I used to go in this little reading lab all by myself with this little old lady. She probably wasn't that old, but when you're in second grade, everybody's old, all right? And so I had to watch this ball bounce and hit these words. And when I hit the word, I had to pronounce the word. And she said, now, Jeffrey, that word doesn't sound like that. I'm like, yeah. Right? And that's what I got to do. Didn't get to eat with my class. Didn't get to go to recess with my class. I got to eat with the cafeteria ladies. And I had one cafeteria lady on second grade, second grade, Miss A. She spoke a word into my life, and I still remember it to this day. She put her little arthritic finger in my chest and said, God's going to do great things through you. At that point in my life in second grade, I didn't think, I thought God had a bad day when he made me. I wasn't like all my other friends. I couldn't spell. I couldn't read. I stutter. All through elementary, I'd be in fifth grade. They say, Jeff, will you read uh, uh, the second paragraph? I'm like, oh, Lord, help. And I start off real good. Then I get nervous. Then I start stuttering. All my friends start laughing at me because everybody got good friends like that. They start laughing at you. All right? I just want to punch them. Then I'd go to the principal's office, get spanking. It's just terrible. All right? And so that was what I did. And so I get into the, the junior high and high school. And you know where I, what I did with all those words of condemnation that I spoke of myself and all the things I didn't think I was good at? I hit it in sports because I excelled in sports. And sports was my deal. Coaches began to speak into me. Got into high school, same thing. Sports became very easy. If it was a ball, I could play it. And so I went to college on a baseball scholarship. I didn't know what to do in college. I didn't even know what to do the rest of my life. I was born again when I was 10 years old, and I was saved and baptized, but I didn't know. And so I, so I, I was just gonna play baseball, and I had to pick a degree. Well, my dad's a commercial sign painter. My mom was a real estate broker. I was like, well, they, they both do business, so I, that's this B and B. Keep it simple. I play baseball and I get a business degree, all right? And that's what I did. And then my as I got into my sophomore year, I began to get invited to speak to football teams in the locker room and share my testimony and things and lead D now groups. And and guys in my life would say, Man, I think God's got a call in your life. I'm like, <laughs> You funny, man. God got a call in my life. He got a call in my life, all right? You weird. All right? I mean, I mean, that there was not anything near in my in my line. I mean, I was using all of those things. Even though I was enjoying what I was doing and other people could see that, I, I, did, I didn't want to do that. And so one night, late in my junior year, I was rooming with Billy Foote, and he was picking his guitar on his bed beside me uh, in, in, in his bed over there in the corner, and I looked over to him, and he didn't have a lot of clothing on, so I didn't want to look at him, and I was like, okay, I got to look at something. So I grabbed the Bible, and I just opened it up. I mean, just poof, opened it up. And I've been in church all my life. And I opened to Jeremiah 1, kind of in the middle. You kind of get that way when you open the Bible. Here's, and here's what the word said. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, before I formed you in the mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a child. Right, when I said that, when I read that, I just... 
I was like, I'm, I'm in a big, I'm in a mess. Oh my gosh, God, what are you doing? And all of my excuses that I'd given God, he landed right on top of them. He said, do not say you can't speak and you're only a child. All those things from my childhood that I used against God while I couldn't do what God called on my life, God's purpose for my life, he said on that. Then it says this, O sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not, do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you and command you to go. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, for the Lord will rescue you, declares the Lord. Verse nine, then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth and he said to me, now I've put my words in your mouth. See today that I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. How did I know as a sophomore in college that one day I would do this? I would fake having a stomach virus so I wouldn't have to give an oral report in junior high. My mom would call my bluff every time. She said, there's nothing wrong with your stomach because I cook good and you can't be sick, all right? And she'd make me go. And right there, for the first time in my whole entire life, I've ever saw this in Scripture, but it's at a moment that changed my life forever. And who would know that after my sophomore year, I'd surrender to ministry and one day end up in Bushland, Texas and take a little church that had about 18 people and grow it into what it's grown into. You're called to build and to plant. My friends, listen to me. God's got a purpose for each of us. I'm looking at a whole bunch of purposes out here. And I don't care if you're 65 and 85 or five, God has a purpose for your life. And if you're a plumber or electrician, an HVAC, work at a highway department, or you're a banker or a teacher, I don't care what you do. But understand that you're doing what you do because God has designed you to do that, gifted you giving you the abilities, giving you the talents. And he's not just giving it to you to make money. Listen to me. He's giving it to you to build the kingdom. And some of you are bored at work. You know why you're bored at work? Because all you're working for is money and for yourself. And yourself will always bore you. So get your hands dirty doing kingdom work and you'll never be bored again. And open your eyes to all that God is doing around you. Because God is doing a big thing and God is entrusting you with people around you and beside you, in front of you and, he's, and you're making contacts with people and every bit of that is for you to exalt Jesus and to sing your song and tell people what Jesus can do in their life. And you've gotta start seeing it that way because that is God's purpose for your life because that's God's purpose for the Bible. That's what he wants it to do, come alive in your life. He wants you to know him he wants you to find freedom, and he wants you to discover the purpose. Some of you are seniors in high school, and you stay up at night, and you're wondering, man, I don't want to pick the wrong university. I don't want to go to the wrong place. And just because my buddies are going here or my girlfriend's going here, that doesn't mean I'm supposed to go here. I want to know what God has for me. All right? Know that God made you. Know that you're born again, and you're saved, and you're baptized. And ask the Holy Spirit to fill you fresh and to give you eyes to see what God has for you. And God will show you and God will affirm it with the word. And a peace will fall over you that cancels out all of your fears and cancels out all of your excuses that you ever gave. 
and you will walk in freedom right to God's purpose. And God will do in you and through you more than you could ever think or imagine for his glory. And you always keep the main thing the main thing, and the main thing will always lead people to Jesus. I'm gonna invite you to stand, church. Discovering God's purpose. Simple, all right? Know God made you. Have a relationship with him. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk in it and watch what he does. He's gonna put you in places where you know it. If you're here today and you may be at a job and you're like, man, I just need to get my hands dirty. I need to do more. Get your hands dirty in the kingdom. Start getting your hands dirty doing kingdom work and you'll never be bored again, I promise you, okay? If you get bored, come see me. I'll give you some of the stuff that I have to do, all right? And you won't be bored, okay? All right? Today, as we worship, I want you to seek the Lord and say, God, do I know you? Do I have a personal relationship? I know you made me. I believe you made me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but it has been a time in my life I've been born again. If you can't answer that question, you come down here. Today's a good day to get saved, all right? You say, Jeff, I want, I want to follow the Lord in baptism, all right? We can do that too. We got shorts, T-shirt, towels. We can do it at the end of the service. You may be here and baptism may be on the wrong side of your salvation and you've been struggling for years with that. Let God set you free and put your baptism on the right side so he can begin to do great and powerful things in your life. It's amazing what happens to our life when we line up with scripture. Whew, it just takes off, man. All right? And you may be a college student or a young adult seeking God's will for your life and God's purpose. I pray you come to the altar and fall flat and say, God, I surrender. I wanna know what you have. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and show me what you have, man. Show me. Let me pray over you and we worship. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, draw all people today, right now. Draw them, God. They may not know why they're coming, but I pray you push them up here. Push them to your altar. Push them to salvation. Push them to baptism, need be, God. It'll be the greatest choice they ever made. So Holy Spirit, right now, as we worship, you draw us. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.